0: Welcome to this week's episode of Apple at Work. My name is Bradley Chambers, your host as always. This time I have a first-time guest on the show, Ben Beharin. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Um, For our listeners that don't know who you are, can you give us a quick intro of of your background and and what you do for a living now? Yeah.
1: So, uh, Ben Beharin, uh, I am the CEO and Principal Analyst of Creative Strategies which is an industry analysis, market research, and product insights company. Um, Apple has been a huge part of our work for uh, a long, long time, even predating my time at the company. I've been at Creative Strategies since uh, 2000, so going on 22 years of doing market analysis and uh, industry research. And a, a lot of what we do is really just get a uh, try to get a... a, a, a deep and bird's eye view of any particular market that we look at or, or technology. Um, I focus a lot on consumer technology, but also the way that consumers use technology in the enterprise is kind of how I carve out what I discuss around um, the work side of things. And that's, again, not just related to Apple, it's Windows products, Windows PCs, uh, you know, Accessories that go along with that, things that IT is doing, decision makings around security and whatnot. So, but again, our our view is always to look at the the end human, the end user of that technology, and what's best for them.
0: Well, you know, it's it's interesting. You talk about a, a you know twenty plus year um, uh, tenure. I told somebody last week, I said one of the things I love about approaching my forties, I'm thirty eight, is you really start to see trends repeating themselves. And you know especially in technology and i I thought tell somebody I said, "I feel like we've gone in my lifetime, certainly going back to when I was a child, kind of protocols to platforms, back to protocols, back to platforms, so we had the early days of the internet, we kind of people were on things like a o l and prodigy, and then we transitioned to really the open web, then with web two we transitioned to it was again we moved to platforms and with you know things like social media and these you know communication platforms, especially controlled by Um, you know, big tech giants. And I feel like now the trend is again, looking to move back to protocols. And I, you know, I think the benefit of being 38 is I can see that trend because I watched it happen multiple times uh, in my lifetime.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly true. I mean, I think there's, there's tons of value to have been around the block several times. It's always interesting to talk to those for whom this is their first time. And they're kind of like, Oh, this is all like, this is huge. And like, I'm seeing it for the first time. And, and you're like, yeah, you know, this is this has happened before. We've, we've sort of seen this story several times, which, which I think adds to the perspective. But I think there's value in kind of the nuance of, of the first time, but also the having seen having been around the blocks a few times, like you said, for sure.
0: So your, a couple of tweets of yours um, last week caught my eye. You were at uh, JNUC, which is the first in-person in JNUC since 2019. That was I was at that one. And uh, my last JNUC was in uh, November in Minnesota. And I suspect uh, one in late September in San Diego was much warmer. I, I told somebody back <laughs> you, you, that, I, said, I thought I knew cold, but I had not yeah. experienced and it. Apparently it gets worse in, you know as you get the winter. But November in Minnesota uh, showed me that as beautiful as that city is, I just couldn't live there, um, yeah. and, and so you made you made a comment that said one of the interesting things I noticed was hanging out at JNUC, the gathering of fifteen hundred Mac admin Mac admins is how diverse the Mac admin community is. It also resembles the Apple Mac community, uh, the culture of the early days before Apple went mainstream. Yeah, what what um, prompted that tweet? What did you experience at JNUC? Yeah, so this, like you said, this was my my first
1: JNUC, so I don't really have the same. Frame of reference. However, I have spoken at very large Mac IT conferences before, um, but it's been you know a decade plus. And, and and what stood out to me was was really and when I say diversity, I mean age groups, genders, and eth- and ethnicities that were represented at this conference. I mean, I sort of I made this joke that there was there was probably more women at uh, at JNUC than there is in all of Windows IT. And sort of tongue in cheek, um, but I think the 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 diversity to me was was really really interesting, and then you couple that with that vibe of very early you know Mac enthusiast Mac community where you know again when Apple was really small the types of people who were uh who who had affiliation with their products and affinity of their products was kind of this very specific type of culture not necessarily rebellious but. You know what I mean, and so it was interesting that kind of those two things came together, both from just what I conversations I had with people and just hear them talking about, um, you know, their experience with Apple. I mean, long, long time uh, either developers or or in IT, and again, just the sheer diversity of ethnicities and uh, and genders and ages was just not not what you would see if this was a Windows IT conference. If you know what I mean.
0: Well, you know, certainly this era of Mac management um, is is unlike anything else. I mean, I, you know, if you if you were managing Mac twenty years ago, things have just changed so much. You've had yeah. to introduce mobility. You've had to introduce like cloud services. I mean, the idea of how IT was and. 2005 was you connected the Windows machine, you imaged it, you connect that Windows machine to the domain. That person logged on, used Outlook, used Microsoft um, Office, and yeah. that way, and they had the share drive. And then now you've got you know things like you know these IDP technologies. So you've got companies using Okta and Ping. You've got all these different you know cloud services, and obviously then you kind of couple in remote work. And IT has just changed, and not certainly in the last two to three years, but then if you just kind of expand that out to the last. 10 years, Apple really pioneered this idea of a, you know, the the iPhone is this, the cloud remote in your pocket and everything points back to these cloud services. And that certainly wasn't the case prior to that. It was my PC connects to the domain controller and accesses my Microsoft uh, technologies. This episode of Apple at Work is brought to you by Jamf. Jamf is the only company in the world who provides the complete management and security solutions for Apple products at work. JAMP's purpose is to simplify work with an offering that are enterprise-secure, consumer-simple, and protects personal privacy of end-users. Today, more than 62,000 organizations trust Jamf to manage and secure more than 27 million devices worldwide. Organizations shouldn't be limited in their ability to deploy the latest Apple technology based on what their vendors can support. Same-day support is one of the the most important promises Jamf makes to its customers. Jamf provides hassle-free upgrades and support for new Apple features and a delivery timeline that works for you. Learn more about the solutions and products that Jamf offers to manage and secure Apple devices at jamf.com slash 9to5mac. That's J-A-M-F dot com slash 9to5mac. Thanks to Jamf for sponsoring Apple at Work this week
1: yeah I mean, you you're, you're totally right in, in how much has changed and, and obviously the you know, let's say we were on a 10 year cycle of of the digital transformation of the enterprise or, or moving to the modern enterprise. and we, we didn't use those terms back then, but I think you, you clearly started to see the way that the internet and cloud applications and software as a service started to gain real steam again once everybody had personal technology and then you couple that with faster internet speed. So it's been one of those things where you're you're definitely seeing a a new kind of modern era of IT i mean that's really kind of kind of the words that i use is is what does a modern enterprise look like and and how does it and cso's have to make very different decisions around the products that they deploy manage as well as the the services and apps that they use in their enterprise but also the thing i really like about the way that apple has always approached this is that they still come at this from usability and the person at the center and and i've long argued that that we will see a a similar fundamental shift in it that has to become more employee centric and and to some degree thinking thinking about it and and it as a as a product of the enterprise that is there to give the best experience possible to their employees and obviously in that shift is very favorable to all that Apple does, and then to some degree, now a growing, growing element of, of Mac and Mac OS, but having that usability, ease of use, now re- bringing privacy into that equation with some interesting things that, that Apple's doing uh, when you enroll. All of that stuff is, is again, just very user friendly, and, and that's extending itself now to some of the things you're seeing. IT use, but come back to the best experience for the employee because that's the best thing for your enterprise. And I still think we're on that journey. We're, We're working through that. But I definitely feel like people are waking up to that reality, especially in this era where... If hybrid becomes you know a big thing and employees can just say, "Hey, look, I don't like this situation. I'm moving somewhere else," and it's really easy to switch jobs, they have to do so much more to make sure they retain that talent. And I'm just convinced that having customer experience or an employee-centric viewpoint of these things is going to be critical to their to their success.
0: Well, and that's when I see kind of how Apple has done their macOS development. So, um, you know, with how they've implemented things like endpoint protection. So, I mean, again. Go back 20 years ago, you bought endpoint protection separately, and it did whatever it wanted to, to 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 you know do antivirus or whatever on the computer. That's all you had at the time. Well, Apple has kind of said, "Hey, we know the enterprises need more than what we offer with XProtect. Like with, with, the gatekeeper isn't enough. So we're going to build these APIs for companies to natively do what they need to do for compliance." with approved software applications that are using these native APIs so they work well. And again, the the employee still has privacy and also has a great experience. And, and I think that's where Apple has done a nice job is they've never, you know, even as they've allowed companies to do different things security-wise to increase, increase compliance, regulatory um, agreements, they've still kept that like, how do we make sure this employee loves to use this Mac? And, and it doesn't impact the day-to-day use of it. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Hexnode. Hexnode UEM offers an award-winning unified endpoint management solution for Android, iOS, Windows, macOS, tvOS, and FireOS devices. Hexnode is one of the most trusted enterprise security solutions worldwide that combines multiple security features into a single console. Sign up for a free trial today with Hexnode and find out how you can reinvent device management. You'll find a link to sign up in the show notes below. Thanks to Hexnode for sponsoring Apple at Work.
1: Yeah, it, it, absolutely. I mean, and again, I think that comes back to the whole suite of of hardware solutions that they're bringing to the table, right? I mean, whereas iPhones are not necessarily corporate owned, right? You bring your own. They are to some degree managed within that infrastructure. iPads, maybe to a degree, are becoming a, are still a little bit more corporate uh, corporate owned than than bring your own. But Max is really the trajectory that that I'm sort of most interested in because I think largely those will be. Corporate owned, um, I think more companies are going to continue to do a, to develop a Mac program and have Macs be first class citizens within their overall deployment. Um, I think there's a lot of different things that are now pointing in terms of, of of Apple's potential here for growing Mac share in the enterprise. And I also think Apple has realized that you know to some degree they've saturated or or, or are seeing very slow growth. In the consumer side of Mac and SMB and enterprise is really where a lot of that headroom for the Mac can, Mac's growth business can come from. So I, I fully expect that they'll continue to do those things with those partnerships with third parties, what they do themselves in terms of just building in solutions to Mac OS, to some degree, Apple business essentials for small business is an interesting play. But, I, I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a trajectory and a, and a priority, I think, for Apple to really start to, to, to drive Mac and Mac OS in the enterprise.
0: Well, you know, I was writing an article last night, and I kind of said this phrase, Apple's goal is to sell a lot of Macs. Apple Business Essentials is a nice service. Uh, it's not trying to compete against Jamp, against Kanji, against Mosul. The, Apple business, the competitor to Apple Business Essentials is the 10-person business that doesn't have any management system. They ultimately want to sell Macs because if someone you know buys Jamf and buys 1,000 licenses of Jamf, that means they sold 1,000 Macs, and that's good. And that's good for Apple, and they can do these bulk buys. But I also think that um, when, I, when I think about Apple Silicon and I think about what does IT want out of hardware, they want reliable hardware that's, that's easy to maintain and lasts a long time. I don't know in my lifetime if a computer other than a you know MacBook Air M2 or M1 MacBook Air… Fits that bill more than that because it is it is you know it's proven to be extremely reliable and it lasts forever. I mean, again, outside of the battery life, I think I could use my you know nearly two year old MacBook Air for another four years and I wouldn't yeah. even notice. And that's the kind of thing IT wants. And then I think too, there's an aspect. I've got no data to prove this, but there's it's just an anecdotal research. I think the supply chain issues over the last couple of years have affected PC manufacturers more than they've affected. Um, Apple, because in my research when I looked, at, okay, if I wanted to get a PC of uh, this spec, I, look, I go on and you know, kind of the, you know, kind of looking at how long it's taking. You know, it's two to three months. A month. I go look at look at Apple's business store. Next day shipping MacBook Air. Apple's supply chain maneuvering over the past couple of years is other companies that have really struggled. Because again, when you hire somebody, you got to have a computer. And if the max in stock and you can get it shipped out, that's a win.
1: Well, and so you're totally right. I mean, we saw this in just, you know, I, I talked to a, a, a flurry of folks in the supply chain and people who make, make manufacture uh, their Windows PCs as, as well as Macs. And, and there was no doubt, like there was a lot of pain that hit the Windows side. But what ended up happening was a lot of enterprises just bought whatever they could and this wasn't always like their first or even their second choice in terms of products it could have been a third tier down the line mid-level pc just because they had to get something in people's hands and so no doubt that that drastically impacted the volume of PCs that were there, which PCs had availability. And again, enterprises were just buying literally whatever they could off, off any shelves and, and from the vendors. But but to your point about the longevity, th- this to me I think is is really interesting because p- part of this would need to – or part of this overall shift we're talking about in IT – would need to get a lot of organizations out of this three to four year buying cycle that they are in, which is a Windows buying cycle, a Windows OEM buying cycle. If that happens, then then two kind of interesting strategic elements happen. One, you were going to sell a lot less PCs uh, on an annual basis if if that happens than we do now, because if you look at you know how many PCs are sold a quarter. It's you know thirty ish thirty five million depending on on per quarter, and a good healthy percentage of those is is to enterprises worldwide so So one, we would take a big chunk off of that, but then two, to your point about apple supply chain, Apple would still need to gear up to ship a lot more max per quarter than they do now, even if we move away from this from this three year cycle. I don't know what number that would be, but let's say that they're averaging six to seven million now. they certainly need to be prepared to sell. 10 or north of 10 million a quarter, which, which again, is good headroom. But, again, that, that requires the scale and manufacturing up of the max that they need to do in, in order to meet that demand, assuming more enterprises do bring max in at, at, as first-class citizens. So there, there's some real interesting hardware impacts on changing IT cycles, which, again, favors you holding on or you using a machine longer in your enterprise, which I think is good for everybody. But you're right that all of those dynamics actually do favor Mac fairly well, more so than they do other vendors.
0: Well, and then you see too, you know, the the challenge you had 10 years ago was, oh, that app is not, you know, that app I use on the PC is available on the Mac. And then what we've seen is everything's moved to a a web browser. Um, And, you know, it's not even like, it's not even like catalyst apps from the iPad are making a huge impact everything is in the web. Again, your, your Google, your, your box, your Dropbox, everything is a, almost a web first citizen now in the enterprise because it's easier for companies to develop for the web that is to make native applications. And so ultimately Apple benefited from that because people moved away from native PC applications.
1: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, and really I think just the, ter- the, the conversations that I've been having with, with organizations, large and small Uh, around the Mac is definitely different now than it was pre-pandemic because I do think that the pandemic and moving to remote work and people realizing how much of their business was on the cloud and that most of their stuff did work on, on Mac. I mean, again, unless you're a really old legacy enterprise that's got something that's just so old, nobody wants to use it anyway, that's a rare, rare situation in in the grand scheme of, of most businesses. I think a lot of IT organizations realized and were a, awakened to this reality that cross platform works fine. Everything they have works fine cross platform, and and to me, that's why I think there was conversations probably before twenty nineteen around how do we, what do we do with Max? What do you do with the growing? Installed base of Macs. Do we have a program? I think a lot of those conversations have escalated to to significant degrees, where almost every major organization now has a project in place or is beginning to work on a project to start to figure out how to manage their growing their growing scale of, of Macs. Because really, any 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 business, there are Macs in that organization. I mean, executives get them, board members get them. Every organization has them. It's just a matter of how many. And now I think they're they're really starting to realize you know let's develop a program for this. That's one of the reasons why, you know, the, the Dean Hager, the CEO of, of Jamp, made this point that they now have sixty nine thousand customers worldwide, and that's double what it was when you were there in twenty nineteen. So I think you're just seeing the sheer growth of Jamp at scale because so many companies are now starting to say, all right, let's figure this out. Let's put a let's let's start to do a Mac program. And that's why I made that point that it feels very similar to the early days of of BlackBerry versus iPhone, because in those same conversations, 2009, 2010, 2011, when you were starting to see so many iPhones come in through the back door, all organizations had to start figuring out, all right, what are we going to do about this? And those started with research projects or with executives saying, look, let's Let's figure this out. We need to do this. So you go figure out how we're going to deploy and manage. And that led to now, you know, a, a full embrace of, of iOS in, in the enterprise. And I feel like we're in those same 2009, 2010, 2011 times for Mac in the enterprise. And we're going to inevitably get to a point where Apple is on parity or Macs are on parity as an offering with their Windows counterpoints at every modern organization.
0: Yeah, and it'll just it'll just be whatever the employee wants to use. I, kind of like a pen. Do you, like IT doesn't care what PINs you use and it's like hey, we're you want to use a PC? That's great. You want to use a Mac? That's great. Just you can have your pick of PINs, you can have your pick of computers, you can have your pick of different brands for your desk chair. Uh it's just whatever the employee w what, whatever makes them happy, whatever they like to use best. No different than a Construction person preferring a Dewalt drill over a Ryobi. It's just whatever you're comfortable with. Is is we okay, as you said, as we kind of wrap this up. It's where IT is a kind of a, a business unit enabling productivity more than it's the gatekeeper. And it's like, how do we best empower employees to use the technology to get their job done rather than trying to put up all these you know gatekeeper blocks to keep them from you know falling off the the, the rails.
1: Yeah, and 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 from that, I think when. When you were there, um was was who who was the showcase story about success with the Mac? It, it might have been IBM.
0: Um gosh, I can't even I know Apple was there that you're talking about how they had either were they were in every Fortune five hundred at that point or something. I can't even right. remember. Obviously IBM's always there year after year. You know, and I and I think the more the jam sells kind of shows these showcase stories of these large scale companies seeing success with employee choice. I think that that benefits Janth and also shows Apple like this big companies that maybe previously didn't think we could do it in a choice program. They can make it work. And there's technologies out there to easily manage your Macs right alongside your PCs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, so this year's was, was Cisco. And it was really interesting to me because (laughs) they basically shared this stat on their journey. From you know zero max to what they have now is like I think it was sixty five thousand max in in Cisco um, was that they they didn't start to figure out how they were going to to manage and start to deal with their Mac platform until they had fifteen thousand max in their organization and I was like that's a that's a huge amount of max and that just speaks to my point that every organization has max it's just how many. And how do you then start to figure that out? But they but they showed all of the research. And Cisco likes to position themselves as a, an employee experience company. And everything they do sort of focuses on that. And their CIO, Fletcher, has come out and said a bunch of things around just how important it is to have the employee first and the solutions that you deploy. But they, they are overwhelmingly seeing in an environment where they have a, a, a mature Mac program and the Mac is on equal footing with Windows, that they're just seeing an overwhelmingly amount of employees choose Mac when presented with the option over Windows. And so because of that, their scale of of, of Macs is much larger than that of, of, of Windows PCs. And so I just thought it was interesting to hear their story and then really the research that they're showing and talking about on employee satisfaction, employee productivity, less support tickets, like all of the positives from a mature mac program on employee experience was just again more fuel for for my points about this is just what a modern organization is going to have to do is is really come at with the employee first and deploy tools and hardware that best makes that gives them the tools to use their job and best has the best experience for them and again i think this will increasingly play in in apple's favor
0: yeah, I mean, if it employees are wanting it, you're going to have to scale up to do it. Thankfully, the technology is there to do it. And you know, for two old-timers like us, seeing Apple and these you know, majorly entrenched organizations is weird. Um, but, hey, um, <laughs> that, 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 you know, Apple's done the hard work of, of building uh, hardware that people like to use, building software people like to use, and then also being a friend to IT. They've never asked IT to, hey, we, we're not going to give you the tools needed to be successful – over the last decade, they've increasingly built the tools uh, and the technologies that i t needs to be successful using Apple, so everybody wins
1: yeah and and most importantly, this third party ecosystem of of all the players you know that you mentioned, and I'd throw JumpCloud into that, but um you know Kanji, and Jamf are really just helping accelerate this because they're making it very, very easy for organizations to succeed. With Apple across the board by doing a lot of the work and and tooling and and security identity elements of enrollment and single sign on and all that stuff that that Apple's just probably not going to do. So you have this third party community that's that's growing and 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 building the robustness for enterprise that's solving a lot of these problems. So it, again, it it just it just minimizes or eliminates all excuses to to start deploying Max, which is again why I think. Two to three years from now, we're going to be in a very, very different environment where Apple's sharing in the enterprise is larger than it is today, and, and organizations are seeing the fruits of that, uh, of all of that work.
0: Yeah, that's I agree with you hundred percent, Ben. That's a great place to wrap it up for this week. Thanks for coming on. If you want to learn, you uh, if you're not following Ben on Twitter, highly recommended. I'll put his Twitter handle in the show notes. One of the best Twitter followers you'll have. Very insightful stuff, uh, not just Apple but across the tech industry. Uh, and then we'll put a link to um, your agency again in the show notes as well. Um, thanks, Ben, for coming on the show and sharing us your ins- insights with us. Thanks for uh, give us the uh, the uh, kind of the lowdown from from JNIC. I'm glad you had a good time. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to go next year and we can hang out in person.
1: Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on.